a power crisis turns into a water crisis. That story and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin, and it's This Week in Water. Last week, a blast of frigid air dropped deep into the heart of the U.S., affecting millions of people. The so-called polar vortex that normally circulates cold air around the North Pole was disturbed and sent Arctic temperatures much farther south. And the breakdown of this polar vortex was a whopper, one of the biggest, nastiest, and longest-lasting meteorologists had seen, overwhelming the Texas power grid and cutting off electricity to millions. 69 deaths were blamed on the extreme weather, including many who perished struggling to get warm. Although power was being restored, many still had no water, and millions who did were warned that it may be unsafe to drink and should be boiled. Nearly 15 million people were affected by disruptions, and some resorted to using snow to flush toilets. At food bank and water distribution sites, lines stretched as long as a mile. The Texas Tribune reported that systems couldn't treat or pump water without electricity, and that in some cases, reduced water pressure was caused by millions of people dripping their faucets for days so pipes wouldn't freeze. In Houston, the Public Works Department had to slow down the water treatment process since the chemical feed lines had frozen. And in Austin, the water supply lost 325 million gallons due to burst pipes. The crisis was not confined to Texas. In Tennessee, hundreds of thousands of people were under a boil advisory. And in Jackson, Mississippi, at one point, most of the city had no running water. The cold weather also affected fossil fuel infrastructure as refinery equipment and pipelines froze, causing pollutants to be released into the air. The online news site Earther analyzed reports from the Texas Department of Environmental Quality, which showed that during the week ending February 18th, polluting events occurred four times more than in other recent seven-day periods before the cold weather struck. For example, ExxonMobil's refinery near Houston spewed 68,000 pounds of carbon monoxide over the course of two days as it struggled with the cold. Sharon Wilson of Earthworks said that all oil and gas infrastructure starts with a hole in the ground and it keeps pumping even if machinery is frozen. She said that some reports noted glitches as tiny as a frozen switch that stalled operations and forced excess gas to be released, adding that if the industry had winterized their equipment, the pollution would have been avoided. The extreme cold also caused problems for marine wildlife in the Gulf of Mexico. Sea turtles are cold-blooded animals that regulate their bodies by the water temperature. And when it dips below 50 degrees Fahrenheit, their heart rates slow, leaving them conscious but paralyzed. Many turtles washed up on South Padre Island, and in response, an army of people, many of whom were struggling themselves to survive, rushed to rescue about 5,000 of the animals. Some turtles were taken to a rescue facility and more than 4,000 were sheltered in a nearby convention center resting on tarps spread out on every foot of floor space, even the gift shop. When that center lost power, it was still warmer for the turtles than being in the sea. One of those rescued weighed about 400 pounds and was at least 150 years old. It took 10 men to hoist it onto a truck. Scientists are monitoring water temperatures so they can safely release the turtles. Without the rescue, 40 years of conservation work to protect them could have been lost. 
As the climate shifts, there are concerns about how Earth's biodiversity will respond. Not only are regions getting warmer, but precipitation patterns are changing. And according to a new study, the combination could make frogs lose their ability to hop. Scientists from Simon Fraser University in Canada did an experiment with three species, a frog that lives near cold mountain streams, a desert-adapted toad, and the Pacific tree frog, which can adjust to various habitats. As New Scientist reports, they placed the frogs and toads in climate-controlled chambers where they could dictate the amphibian's temperature and hydration. They found that the more dehydrated the frogs were, the shorter distance they could leap. And once they lost 30% of their body weight, they stopped jumping entirely. The frogs and toads were even more impacted when they were both dehydrated and subjected to warmer temperatures, as will likely happen with climate change. The scientists think there are a few reasons for the reduced ability to leap, one of which could be that as the animals become dehydrated, their blood becomes thicker and harder for their heart muscles to pump. Since many frogs jump to avoid predators, this could have devastating consequences and the researchers think their findings might have implications for other animals like insects, arthropods, and reptiles. And finally, adhering to water conservation mandates and watching how much you use your sprinklers may have an added benefit, fewer mosquitoes. According to a new study from UCLA, mosquito populations would have been 40% higher in Southern California had water use mandates not been in place. Mosquitoes, like those that carry West Nile virus, Zika, and dengue fever, can breed in just a few millimeters of water, about a bottle cap's worth sitting in the shade for a few days. Hundreds of eggs hatch at a time before the insects grow into biting adults in just over a week. The researchers say that reducing shallow pools of water is key to preventing the spread of mosquito-borne diseases. Looking at Orange and Los Angeles counties, they found that the number of mosquitoes declined more in lower-income areas than in wealthier neighborhoods, most likely, they say, because homeowners who could afford to ignored restrictions and continued watering their lawns and gardens. The authors note that as the planet warms, keeping lawns green will be challenging, so replacing them with drought-tolerant plants and creating green infrastructure would not only conserve water and reduce bills, but also make it less likely to get bit by a disease-transmitting mosquito. Until next time, that's it for This Week in Water.